You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Greetings, happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in today's free podcast, courtesy of our benevolent overlords at CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. We would love it if you would join us. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We just finished taping today's show for CRTV. And if you're not yet a subscriber, promo code DACE will get you not just our show, but uh, the entire team we have here at CRTV, including the great one, Mark Levin. All shows available on demand whenever you want using my name as a promo code and not just a swear word this time. It's got like multiple functions, conjunction, junctions. What's your function? You, know, you, can, you don't have to, you know, use my, my name just and have it end with something like, you know, and the horse you rode in on. You can just like... Use it for good things. My name can be used for good things now. It's it's true story, bro. Uh, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And we also have monthly uh, subscription options. We have a free trial. So if Mikey tries the cereal and he's like, this blows chunks, I don't want any part of this, you can kick us to the curb during the trial period and you won't be charged a thing. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Quickly a little preview of what we just wrapped up on today's TV show, gentlemen, that stood out to you to give the audience a little tease. Aaron, you go first. Uh, two things. One, be glad Donald Trump wasn't the one debating Bernie Sanders last week. You'll find out why on the TV show. Mm. And two, um, 2017 is the year where self-awareness goes to die. Part number 387,694. Hmm. Todd? I saw and read some things this weekend that, you know, made coming into work as much as I love my job. like, good grief. But... I got the righteous indignation I needed in fake news or not. It's a beautiful thing. It's a must. It's an economics lesson, uh, but with a punch to the face. You'll like it. Yes. All right. Don't miss it today. You guys both had relatively the same thing that stood out to you. So we got a double like. If you guys know your foot, if you guys know your your handicapping, when the handicappers give you a double lean, that's the one wow. you go all in on, right? You well, guys kind of just did that here. Also, because right? the rest of the show was more of the same stuff that made me not want to come to work. <laughs> like, yes, that could also mean the rest of the show was not very good. So they had to pick. They both found the one bright spot that could mean that too, right? Let's not have delusions of adequacy around here, let alone grandeur. I hear you. All right, so crtv.com promo code Dace. We have a guest with us here today on our podcast. Noah Rothman is the associate editor of Commentary Magazine, and we want to welcome him here. Noah, it's good to have you with us, brother. How are you? My pleasure, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. For for those who may not know, tell us a little bit about Commentary Magazine. Would you guys call yourselves right of center? Would you call yourselves conservative? Would you call yourselves neocon? What 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 do you guys? Because we're we live in an era, as you well know, Noah, that if I don't like what you're saying about my particular faction at the moment, then I say you're the other faction. So as opposed to <laughs> because you and I are going to probably disagree here in a few minutes. So as opposed to me telling the audience where you guys are. You tell us, where do you think you guys are? Sure. Well, Commentary is an almost 73-year-old magazine. It's been in print since 1945, constantly. 
and uh, it takes a Jewish perspective uh, on American life, but it has also become, it was not always, but it has become, uh, over the last 25 years or so, a neoconservative magazine. I went to work over here in 2015, so I'm a relatively new addition to the team, but I consider myself a neoconservative. I think most of my colleagues would as well. So pretty robust interventionist foreign policy, conservative policy prescriptions domestically. Okay. That's how you guys would define neoconservative then? Well, that's how I define it for myself. Everybody okay. has a different definition. It's not like you can nail this thing down. Yeah, it's it, it, we're finding, Noah, that we can't really nail down any definitions on anything. And I spend half of my <laughs> job clarifying every word and definition as I'm uttering them in real time. Maybe you guys have the same affliction, but that is the era in now which we live. We that's find ourselves. Prudent. Yes. That's just prudent. It, it, it's it's annoying, but prudent. Yes, it's annoying, but prudent. So... There is, particularly in, in, you got, in, in sectors like yours within the movement, there is some real disagreement right now regarding the candidacy of Judge Roy Moore in Alabama. And to me, I'm more interested in the reasons behind it. Um, in full disclosure, I've known the judge for years. I count him as a friend. But, you know, I have members of my own family who gave birth to me. God bless him. My mom did it when she was 15 years old. Knowing what some of her economic opinions are, though, I'm not sure I'd vote for her for public <laughs> office, okay? So I'm, I'm pretty good at just because we have a really good relationship doesn't mean um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I would vote for you. And that's why I don't have a lot of friends because what I'm finding is the, <laughs> the better you are at drawing distinctions, the fewer friends you have, you know? So I'm not really so much concerned about what people think about Judge Roy Moore on a personal level. I'm more so interested in some of the issues Issues behind what what has sort of beyond this Trumpian moment we now find ourselves in, what has sort of driven him politically prior to now, um, and I'm more interested in that conversation. But I know you're someone that has, shall we say, reservations about him sitting in the Senate. Tell us why. Well, I, I tweeted that I don't believe he is fit for office. He is not fit for office, is what I said. I should clarify that I don't believe that. Uh, it's not my place to make that determination. The voters will make that determination, and they seem more than inclined right now to say, yes, Roy Moore is fit for office. They may make that consideration. But it is my concern that the extent to which Roy Moore has demonstrated not just ignorance of the law, of mm-hmm. which he is supposed to uphold, but contempt for it, that he makes himself an unfit officer to maintain the oath he will take as a senator, which is to preserve and protect the Constitution of the United States. He seems rather disinclined to protect the Constitution as it is currently written and would seek some other iteration of it, which he has not really fully articulated. Can you give us an, give us an example of what you mean by his lack of regard for the rule of law, for the, for the Constitution that, 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 that you see? What, give us an example. Sure. Uh, well, obviously, we were having been ejected from the bench twice. Well, would have been ejected from the bench twice. The first ejection upheld by several appellate courts. The second opting to resign as a result of his refusal to enforce law as adjudicated by the Supreme Court. Um, those are obviously acts of protest. You can say whether or not you agree with them. You can say whether or not you believe he should martyr himself for a noble or righteous cause, or whether he was just being an anti and backward you know, social conservative. It doesn't really matter what your opinion is on the matter. The, rea- the reality is that as an officer of the court, he is obliged to uphold the law of the United States as it is defined by the Congress and upheld by the courts, and to fail to do so is a dereliction of responsibility. If you're inclined to protest 
your option is one, uh, you only really have one option, which is to resign. You can't simply refuse to uphold the law because it doesn't work. The law will be upheld with or without you unless you're on the Supreme Court. Secondly, and most recently, was his contention that it is a violation of the law, is a quote, against the law for members of the NFL to take a knee during the protests. Mm -hmm. And he said, he cited 36 U.S. Code 301. Um, That is a misreading of the law. It's either utterly ignorant or incredibly dishonest, because that statute says the word should. And he knows as an officer of the court that should is not a word that enforces actions. It's not will, it's not must. Should is um, a prerogative. And it's been, you know, for the last uh, 74 years, we've had upheld court precedent that suggests or, or makes very plain that it is an illegal, unconstitutional for the states to compel patriotic display. Now, if he wants to say, let's have a flag burning amendment, let's submit an amendment to the states to change the First Amendment to the Constitution to permit this sort of behavior, to enforce that sort of behavior, that'd be an honest position. But it's not one he's taken. And I don't suspect it's one he will take, because it would be utterly anti-Republican. Uh, it's, it's against any freedom, as we understand it. In fact, it adopts a democratic position, which is very antithetical to the idea of the First Amendment, you know, the, the Citizens United Amendment. They want to curtail free speech so that certain entities don't have the right to express thoughts that they disagree with. Mm-hmm. That would be Roy Moore's position. And if he was honest, he would express it. Those are my reservations. Okay. Let's, to me, for the purposes of our conversation, I think the first one is probably far more impactful and especially given our time allotment, it'll probably take our entire time to unpack that one. So let, let's go with the very first one. If you were a judge, if you were a governor, um, or you were a sheriff, would you have enforced Plessy versus Ferguson as the law, Noah? Oh, okay. So I've heard this argument. First of all, I'll answer your question honestly. Yes. You would Not have. because I agree with it. Not because I agree with it, not because I want it to be the law. So you think you think you think a Supreme Court precedent that specifically violates the Fourteenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which was already ratified at the time for equal protection under the law, you think, uh, in your opinion, your view of the law, a Supreme Court precedent that comes a good thirty some odd years after the enactment of an actual constitutional amendment guaranteeing equal protection under the law, you think a Supreme Court precedent can undo the actual Constitution itself, in your view, of law and government? Well, I, no, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't. Then why would you See, enforce it? The is, is that you can't... Well, you have to enforce it. Why? Because somebody will enforce it. Why? Because every because it will be enforced. It why why would it be enforced? Enforce it or not. Who took an oath of office <laughs> to uphold a Supreme Court precedent? Anybody in the history of America, Noah? Has anybody in the history it, it of America taken an oath by of... Virtue of the, or, or do you take an just oath to uphold to defend the Constitution? Was, just by virtue of the fact that Plessy was enforced for the better part of 50 years means that whether you enforce it or not has nothing to do with it. Well, you're, you're making it an argument of, what's, of whether something's legal because of a precedent, not because whether it's right. And, and I think that there's danger in doing that. You're familiar with the film Judgment at Nuremberg? Do you know the film? Uh, no, I do not, but okay. I certainly know what happened in Nuremberg. Yes. Yeah, my wife was actually born in Nuremberg, actually, in West Germany, when her dad was in the 101st Airborne there. Judgment at Nuremberg was a film that came out after World War II, all-star cast. And Burt Lancaster plays a composite character. He's based on a few different uh, uh, German judges at the time. Uh, and the case that they essentially tried to make uh, in front of Nuremberg was that they upheld every loophole they could to stop from sending people to concentration camps and gas chambers. But when they ran out of loopholes 
they had to uphold the law that said that it is what it is. And he tried to actually make the argument that he should get credit for the amount of people he helped through legal wrangling to escape the loopholes of, of atrocities rather than the amount of people he sentenced to atrocities himself. We hung all those people at Nuremberg, Noah. We, we said that they were there was a higher law and it didn't matter what should be enforced. You had to rec- recognize the higher law and that was evil and you shouldn't do it. That's the same principle I'm asking here when it comes to Plessy versus Ferguson. That doesn't even count the fact. Forget the moral law. If the moral law you're uncomfortable with, how about the actual law? We have a supreme. We have the Supreme Court saying it can override a, a ratified amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and you want to enforce a Supreme Court ruling? I don't understand that, Noah. Why would you want to do that? Well, first of all, because this isn't just about one constitutional precedent or one law or one amendment. It is about the whole document, and the entirety of the document must be enforced by the judiciary, or else we do not have a judiciary. We do not have an executive. Where in the document, Noah, does it say the judiciary can override the U.S. Constitution? Allow me to respond to you, Sure, go ahead. You You go ahead. That's fair. Go ahead. First of all, we have the entire Constitution that has to be enforced. You have to have a rule of law. You do not have a judiciary. If you want to martyr yourself and protest something, the correct option is to resign and to dedicate yourself to protest, because you cannot, in good faith, execute your oath, which is to defend faithfully the Constitution, which includes the premacy of the judiciary and the premacy of the executive branch as well. These are parts of your oath, and you can't take one in the, it's not an a la carte situation. Secondly, I'm not entirely sure of the point you're making about uh, linking, for example, Judge Roy Moore's uh, protests to uh, Plessy and the mistreatment of that. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that. I'll, I'll answer that. Of the sure. concentration camps. But it's a judge, I'll, I'll, just to make a very plain point that it's a judgment uh, and a moral equivalency that it would be unfair to suggest is shared very broadly in this country. Uh, it may be shared by an even a silent majority, but it's certainly not a vocal majority. So it's not as though we can make an, an equal equation to one more refusing to enforce the Windsor decision or refusing to remove a Ten Commandments monument in violation of a ton of precedents and a ton of warnings against it. To make that moral equation between that and the liquidation of the ghettos is, to me, reprehensible. Well, I'm not making a moral equivalency. I was trying to take a situation where we would probably, I was actually trying to avoid exactly what you just said by going to a situation where we would, I I guessed we would find far more moral unity to show there is, because I don't really care so much what you think of Judge Roy Moore. My interest, that's why I'm not even going to, I'm not even getting into defending that. My interest is the principle that is at stake here. I'm trying to show you why, despite even areas where I disagree with some Judge Roy Moore, like I disagree with them on the flag thing, as you just as you pointed out in your second point earlier, this is why I'm such a supporter of his candidacy. It's because there is a higher law at stake. You and I may disagree whether the definition of marriage meets that higher law. My question to you is, is there ever a moment where there is a higher law? Ever. That's the, that's the point that's really at stake here. Is there ever a point where a court would say something, Noah, and, re, and demand something that we would refuse because it's wrong? That's why I jumped to Nuremberg. That's why I jumped to Plessy versus Ferguson to see if, if, there's a, if, if there's a case where even if you and I disagree on the marriage issue, I've got to believe we probably agree on man's inhumanity about those examples. So then why would we then say, do what courts say we all know is morally wrong, and in the case of Plessy v. 
Ferguson, the Constitution has preemptively stopped. If the Constitution's not supreme, then tell me what is. I mean, if the, it, what's the remedy then if courts can override the actual wording of the Constitution? Then we just anything, then, then Noah, anything, anything at all the court decrees, we just carry out as the law. Is there nothing you would say no to? Anything a court could decree at all, you would enforce as the law. Literally anything, Noah. Well, there's only one court that has supremacy over all of the courts. That's why they call it the Supreme Court. You can issue. But you're arguing the court has supremacy over the Constitution, Noah. That's what you're arguing. How can the court reinterpret the Fourteenth Amendment to the Constitution? Where's their jurisdiction to say equal protection under the law doesn't apply to segregated blacks in the South? Where's where does how can they do that? They issued the the court issued a guidance and interpretation of that amendment, which was subsequently overturned. Sometime later on, that's how 60 it years that's how it later. In country. Look, we had yeah, 60 years. That was an injustice. You know, we could have ended that injustice course, right course away if the states would have just simply said, we're going no, to enforce the Constitution instead of the Supreme no, Court opinion. Because then, then you have a civil war on your hands. Then you're going after the, the, the premacy of the federal government. Look, you have judges in Maryland, in Hawaii, in California, issuing stays on Donald Trump's travel ban on really spurious, nonsensical grounds. Just about everything the Ninth Circuit of Court of Appeals issues is a spurious liberal activist decision. It doesn't hold up. It goes to the Supreme Court and it's thrown out. And that's what happens with activist judges. They're activists. We call them activists for a reason. Conservatives don't like activist judges because they reinterpret the law for the purposes of their political agenda. It's not something that I take selectively. I don't like activist judges, whether they're conservative or liberal. Do you think there's nothing? I just want to get this on the record. There is literally nothing in your mind that a federal judge or a Supreme Court could decree that you would say, we cannot do, we must refuse. There is nothing you can imagine. Nothing. Oh, of course. I've disagreed with the Supreme Court decisions on multiple occasions. Not disagree. That you would say we should refuse to enforce. That you would say, that's not the law. Don't enforce it. We refuse. Is there anything they could come up with that you would refuse? Anything. There's plenty of Supreme Court decisions that I have disagreed with, but I am not an officer of the court. So you would you would enforce literally if they anything at all if they I said everybody named that. Noah could be could be smited at the neck, you would enforce that. That's the law until we can do something to change it. We have another precedent or another constitutional amendment. That's the law. There is literally nothing, Noah, nothing in your mind that a court could decree that is so immoral we would just refuse nothing. I don't know why this is such a difficult concept to accept. Neither do I. These Trust me. That's are, two of us. On this, we agree. Are not, that is not something that you can enforce because it will not be upheld. You can issue whatever just decision you want unless nine Supreme Court, or, or at least five Supreme Court justices agree with your assessment. It does not become law. And the proper response as an officer of the Constitution is for you to resign and dedicate yourself to making sure that this unjust decision or this unjust law is not enforceable. Why is it the is accountability on the one? Of, why liberty. is the why is the accountability on the one who says that's not in the Constitution, and it's not on those who say, "Well, we're just going to make it so, even if it's not." Help me to understand that. Help me to understand how the default setting is. If clearly something is wrong, and clearly something is immoral, if you won't enforce it, you have to go. But the judges who want to put it on us not only get to stay, but then we make it the law. What kind of law rule of law is that, Noah? Help me to understand. That's, banana, the rule that's of banana law that we've republic had in this stuff for 240 years. 
It's it is? the longest standing. It's the longest single standing constitution in the history of mankind. Yeah, it's a very stable. And it says in the Constitution. Tell me, can you tell me where it says everything a federal judge decrees is the law? Can you tell me where it says that? Uh, it's not there because that's not the okay. point I'm making, and you're deliberately misconstruing my point, which I, I, I will make for the third time. I've, I've tried to ask you no multiple times. I there's actually a hierarchy of law. I'm not dodging you. Ask me a yes or no it, question. It, it, I'm not it, dodging it. There, so, question, so yeah. I, there is nothing a court could decree. Five justices on the Supreme Court, anything they say, anything, nothing, anything. The earth is flat. Anything, it is the law in your mind. No, here's why. Because it is subject to the interpretation of Congress and the executive branch. Agreed. The Supreme Court does one Completely thing agree. and one thing only, interpret yep. the Constitution. Yep. And it is, this, it is the purview of lawmakers Agreed. to write the Constitution. I totally agree so, with that. Yes. again, to Roy Moore's point, if he were so inclined to change the law and advocate honestly for that, he has a recourse from which to do so. I have yet to hear him say it. Uh, th- on it this we agree. Province of I don't disagree. To write the law. I don't disagree. That's what I was looking for. See, I, I'm interested. I don't necessarily agree. He's my good friend. I love the man. Know him well. Known him for years. I don't necessarily agree with how he has done everything he has tried to do. But I'm interested in the fact he's. A, to me, I think he's. This is the conversation that you and I just had, my friend. This is the argument. He's begging. He's begging this argument. Now, there might be a better way. There might be there, there might be a better way to do it, okay? But we weren't even having this prior to what he did. We were literally saying whatever whatever the judges say, go kill 56 million kids. It's the law. Whatever the judges say is the law. Illegal aliens get your tax dollars. Plyler versus Doe. That's the law. You don't have any private property rights anymore if they want to put up a strip mall. Kilo versus New London. That's the law. Everything they were decreeing, we have treated for a generation as the law. That's, my, that's the point I'm trying to make with this. We have two other branches that are in the business of actually carrying out, enforcing, and making the law. The courts don't make the law. We would have gotten, we didn't need 60 years of Brown versus Board. We didn't need to wait 60 years of atrocities between Plessy and Brown. We just needed governors to simply order their states to uphold the law, which is the 14th Amendment. That's what we needed to do. Now, you and I, looking at that time in history, probably recognize probably not too many governors would have done that in that part of the country. And we're, e- we're eager to have the cover of Plessy give them an excuse to be a bunch of racist segregationists. You and I would agree on that, too. But it doesn't dismiss the higher point for, to me. The higher point to me is, at some point, we have to rein these people in. That's all I'm interested in. What is the plan for doing so? Because when we are literally telling them that... Anything you say is the law, even when it clearly violates the law, that is in and of itself the definition of lawlessness. That's why, to me, this is a bigger issue than than Roy Moore and his candidacy. And you and I don't live in Alabama, so our opinions are irrelevant anyway, my friend. So, right. but, but I'm interested well, in this higher submit, argument here. I would here. submit that, yeah, I, I would submit that my values and your values, frankly, are irrelevant when it comes to the judiciary. The judiciary is not an institution that should be governed by that sort of value. It is has one job, and that is to enforce the law and make sure the law it comports with the Constitution. That's it. Now, if they want to, if we want to have a debate over values, that's, that's the, the province of the legislature. You and I should go to town debating what we want to see uh, codified into law and mm-hmm. enforced by the courts. Agreed. But it is a, a conservative argument that 
judiciary appointments are not supposed to be activists. They are not supposed to impose their values on the law. I agree. And that's not something that I think has comports with any, any you know, it, it doesn't matter what I think of Plessy versus Ferguson. If I'm, if I'm a court justice, I have one option there, as distasteful as it is. Well, actually, I have to. I have one option to enforce the law. Or resign. No, that's and why frankly, the that's why the question to run for the Senate, and he made a pretty good choice there because he couldn't do the job that he wanted to do. That, that, I don't dis- I, I don't disagree with that. That's that's why. And if I said judge, I misspoke. But I'm pretty sure when we when I opened this up, I asked you if you were a governor, if you were a sheriff, because those are the enforcement mechanisms. A judge is not an enforcement mechanism. He's an interpretive one. You're correct. I agree with you on that. That's why I specifically asked if you were in the enforcement of the law. What would you uphold and defend? The 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is the law or Plessy versus Ferguson? You and I agree. The other two branches are in the business of executing the law and in, and in making the law. Wholeheartedly agree. It is not up to judges to interpret what the law ought to be. I agree on that as well. Now, ultimately, though, as there was at Nuremberg, there is a higher law. You can't. We even said to the judge, the German judges at Nuremberg, even though you were within the bounds of the rule of German law, that was a violation. That was such an egregious violation of man's inhumanity to man that no, that's that that you that you are guilty of the same crimes and atrocities as the brown shirts that we're going to hang here are. Now that's obviously an extremely demonic, once in a century example, and I hate Nazi examples, which is why I rarely use them. I only brought it out of the bullpen in this case because I'm more. I my here's my concern no a full disclosure I, I think because of the trump factor everything right now is getting weighed on personalities and factions and not on the principle okay and and and, and a lot of these factions and personalities are blurring you know much of the reasons i like roy moore um, has nothing to do with what Steve Bannon stands for. I think Steve Bannon went down to Alabama because he saw Roy Moore was going to win and jumped on a bandwagon. All right, I mean Roy Moore to guys like Steve Bannon, it, you know, th- that's not a that's not a typical mixture. But 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 there are larger principles that he's addressing, even if doing so imperfectly. That I think we as a movement need to have these conversations more so than getting involved in. Well, this guy's with Trump, or this guy was never Trump, or this guy likes Robert Jeffress, or this guy likes Bill O'Reilly, and this guy. We can't. We're losing our soul as a movement that way. We need more of. Let's just remove all the names and let's get together. Come now, let us reason together. Uh, let's get, and have more conversations like the one you and I just had. Even if it gets heated, we're grown ass men we can take it brother i appreciate that assessment it did get a little heated but i i consider my ass to also be fully grounded <laughs> and you have a sense of humor hey anything you want to close with before we let you go no i mean I, it's a it's a pleasure i would have a, uh, just added that you know so when when we have activist judges particularly on the supreme court who issue really controversial opinions that should be settled in legislation and have the national catharsis around legislation, but they're forced on us by a court, they tend not to make things better. Agreed. It tends to make things worse. I agree. And the issue doesn't die. It yep. survives for years and years and years, like Plessy, like Roe, like Wicker v. Filburn. These are decisions we're going to be talking about until they're overturned. So, the, again, the, 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 the system as it was designed by the founders is the best system mankind has ever devised. And it, it, is, it subsists for a reason that people who deviate from that system are, in my opinion, violating one of my very favorite values, which is the primacy of the Constitution and the vision of the Founding Fathers. Let's do this again, my friend. It was great having you with us. Great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. 
My pleasure. Thank you. All right, that's Noah Rothman. He is the associate editor at Commentary. Let's get some quick closing thoughts before we finish it out here today. Todd, I'll start with you. Well, you saw how frustrated I was over here. Listen, I don't say this to patronize, but we are... uh, Noah is clearly very intelligent. He's very articulate. He's very passionate. He's studied. But it's for all those reasons we are in such big trouble on this issue because he closes with conceding the point that listen the way that i am arguing that things have to be must be it leads to bad things you know it's not the way things uh would ideally go but it's still the way that is somehow uh constitutional that is madness that is utter madness it's it's not constitutional uh we have got to wisen up on this front uh we we continue to excuse uh, immorality in the name of and i'm i'm paraphrasing but this is ultimately what he said we have to do it this way because if you don't everybody else is doing it anyways and so how i don't allow my children to ever live by that excuse and then the other thing is you just have to take your ball and go home once you confront that so you quit when it's hard. I don't live. let my children live now, according to that excuse. Let me play devil's advocate, arguing the point that I heard him make. His concern is, what is the point? You're, you're, you're telling me you're against judicial supremacy by then saying judges can then just pick and choose what laws they're going to uphold and enforce when that's not their job. That's the other two branches' job. That's why I asked him in the opening question about a governor and a sheriff. What, is, what branch do they belong to? They're in the executive branch. Executive means what? Executor. That's really their dilemma to decide what law, what, whether, what, what is the law that I am to enforce. Now, where I defend the judge on this, though, it goes back to the conversation we had on the TV show about George W. Bush coming out of retirement to hammer Donald Trump. The stuff he said about Trump is true. But the reason it won't work is because the reason Judge Roy Moore did what he did, because no one else would. Where was the governor of the state? Where was the state legislature? Where, where, was, where, was, where was the entire Republican apparatus on the Ten Commandments thing? And it's the same reason people vote for Donald Trump. What else am I supposed to do then? Just let this go by? This is, this is not, you know, um, my former co-host, Jen, told a story on the air once about when she was a student at Bob Jones University. That Bob Jones University. She's a Bob Jones grad, actually. And, uh, you know, she ran for student class president one year. Let me repeat that sentence. She (laughs) ran for student class president one year. Where, Aaron? At Bob Jones University. At Bob Jones University. She fun back in fundamentals. Yes, she. And they called her in and they said... Uh, that's not the gender roles that we do here on campus. And she said, oh, by the way, if I, didn't, if I didn't agree with the principle of your gender roles, guess where I wouldn't be going to school? Because is Bob Jones University inexpensive? Negatory. Okay? So she's like, I agree with the premise and principles of your gender distinctions. But I noticed no one else was running for student class president in my class. So since no men will step up, does that mean we just don't have a student body president? See the point she was trying to make? Sure. How far are you willing to take this point? 
so that we do nothing? So because what's Jesus is confronted about working on the Sabbath. And he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Meaning the Sabbath is important. What's, did Jesus die for the Sabbath? Who did he die for? Man. Did Jesus die for Catholic ecclesiastical authority? No. Did he die for the 500th anniversary of the Reformation this month? No. Did he die for 95 theses? Did he die for Arminianism? Did he die for a tulip? What did he die for? Did he die for papal authority? Did he, did he die for verbal plenary inerrancy? Did he die for progressive sanctification? What did he die for? Sinners, all of them. Yeah, because I even asked the wrong question. What's the right question? Who did he die for? He died for people. Now, all these things we just mentioned are very important because we talk about them a lot. We debate them amongst ourselves, with you in the audience, but they're not of primary importance. Jesus did not go to the cross for a theology or an ideology. He went to the cross for people because as important as the Sabbath is, and it's so important, God himself took that day of rest. But what did God do before he took that day of rest? Who did he make? Adam. What came first, Adam or the day of rest? Adam. We're more important is the point I'm trying to make. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That's the point that Jen was trying to make to Bob Jones University. I agree. This is where we get into legalism now. Where you take your up, even your good moral principle, but you put it on top of the hierarchy of values. What is more important? To have a student class president or to make sure we are dotting every I and crossing every T on your particular position about gender roles? What's more important here on campus? That's the question I think Judge Roy Moore is asking. Knowing Judge Roy Moore as well as I do and the fact he has the Constitution memorized by word and syllable, I'm pretty confident he would prefer his legislature and, and executive branch would have said, yeah, that's not how we do things around here, but thank you. So what is he supposed to do when he knows something is wrong? Should he follow the process which made it wrong or should he do what is right? That's really the debate that we're having. Now, Noah Rothman's position, which I think has merit, even if I don't completely agree with it, but his position is he's concerned if, if using judicial supremacy to, can't, to conquer judicial supremacy. I don't disagree with that to a point. But to me, that's not the major point. That's why I asked him about what should a sheriff have done? Should a southern sheriff have enforced Plessy Vergus Ferguson? I would say not only was he immoral to do so, he was breaking the law because he swore an oath to uphold and defend what? Constitution. What's the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution guarantee? Equal. Was it, that, did that predate Plessy versus Ferguson? Yes. Yes. He broke the law. Every southern sheriff that enforced segregation broke the law. All should have gone to prison. That's the point I'm trying to make. Because I want to get this out of what is the particular message message or who's the particular messenger what should the what should what should the 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 crafting and the packaging look like for doing what's right instead i want the debate to be what is what's right see what i'm trying to say well i do but his answer is well uh, the supreme court gets to speak last which isn't constitutional he's saying the bully gets to speak last and I, that leads to ugly things but that's just how it is i now didn't he did he not say that it's up to the other two branches yep. at yep. one point he did say he that. did yep. he did he did say that. Well, at the very end. At but, the very end, but yeah. That's, but he, in the same breath, though, his default is you must follow. It, it, 
that I I don't he he the man has a I assume a family he loves and he he's still when he can, that's why I say we're in so much trouble Steve I mean morally intellectually when ultimately his answer about right and wrong is a default to goose stepping and I'm sorry I I will unapologetically use that that's where this goes sooner or later I'm just following orders that's what I said last week multiple times that's if you are in the place of uh, executing the law, no matter where that law comes from, if you do not believe that there is a higher law than man's law, even if you believe or say you believe everything under the sun that has to do with Judeo-Christian morals, at some point, if you do not believe there is a higher law than man's law, you will be in the position of saying, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry, sir. I'm just following orders. You're right. You will get there. Eventually. Uh, yeah. Yes. But I applaud him for the fact that, one, he engaged us. Yes. Yeah. Two, he listened. Yeah. And he's at least getting so, at least, he's at least meeting us halfway now. Yeah. All right. We just need to have the conversation. We are so fond yes. of saying on our show, we are not out to win the argument all the time. Yes. We're out to just start one. Guys, what, you, what, what we just listened to over the last 37 minutes is a far cry from HLN calling Steve uh, a minute before his segment starts and saying, hey, we're going to talk about Eminem's appearance on yes. BET. Preach. These are the kinds of conversations that are going to save America if it is going to be saved, not the other crap you see on CNN and HLN and every cable news network under the sun. Amen. Amen. The reason we're, the, one of the number one reasons we're losing is we're not having more conversations like this. Instead, it's, what do you think about Robert Jeffress? And that tells me, this is why when you send me your theological questions, hey, are you an Arminian? Are you a Calvinist? Uh, are you a premillennial dispensationalist? I never answer them. You can take your labels and stick them where the sun don't shine. You want to ask me what I think on all these issues? I'll tell you. But when you lead me, when you lead with me with a label that tells me what you're really interested in, even if you don't, even if you don't think that's what you're asking. Affirmation. You're looking for affirmation. You're looking to say, well, if this guy says something I don't agree with, does that mean since he's in this faction, I don't have to consider the objectiveness of its truthfulness or not? That's how a child thinks. When I was a child, I thought, spoke, and reasoned as a child. When I became a man, I set aside childish things. So that's why I wanted to let him define what commentary is. You define what a neocon is. Because right now we're at the point, anybody who doesn't agree with my foreign policy on the right is a neocon. That's stupid. What the hell does that even mean then? That's where we're at. I, I really think a lot of, I think a lot of people on the right don't have deep-seated disagreements with Judge Roy Moore like Noah articulated. I think they're just pissed that he had Steve Bannon in a rally with Seb Gorka. I really believe that. That's childlike thinking. We can't live like that. I've watched Rush Limbaugh trash this salon list of conservatives to follow on Twitter. There's some really good people on that list. I looked at it. There's some total hacks, too. And then Legal Insurrection, which is a great blog I would recommend reading, by the way. They put out their own counter list. It's got phenomenal people on it. And it's got fake news gateway pundit on it at the same time. You can just take all your labels and your factions and your tribalism seriously, man. And you can hot poker yourself with them as far as I'm concerned. Because as much as I disagreed with some of what Noah Rothman said, I'm going to do better defending my way of life in the arena of ideas with someone who will get into it with me and critically debate it than someone who claims to be on my own side but just says, well, you, you insulted Robert Jeffers, so it doesn't matter if it's true. 
You just that just means you hate me now. I don't need to defend my, I don't need to defend Judge Roy Moore against David French. I love David's work. David's work can speak for itself. Go ask him what he thinks. And then if you want to ask me what I think, I'll tell you. But I'm but David French and Steve Dace aren't on the ballot. I don't know why Glenn Beck thinks Judge Roy Moore is a bad guy, but Bill O'Reilly deserves an audience to give his side of the story. But go ask Glenn. Glenn's a great guy, by the way. I've, I know him well. I'm sure if you asked him, he'd give you an answer. Go ask him. Why you guys ask me these tribalistic questions all the time? And that's my timer to make sure I don't go off. See what I did today, Aaron? Did you like that? Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to be all professional and stuff. Goodness. Okay. But if, if there's only one thing we can learn from these last couple of years, let's learn this. Just follow the truth where it goes. Okay? Just follow the truth where it goes. Last year, I saw a phenomenal movie about the South. And I got an email from one of the all-time, or, or a tweet back to me, from one of the all-time Clintonistas. What's the guy's name? Paul something. I'm forgetting his last name. He's been on TV for Begala? years. Yeah, Begala. Paul Begala. He's like, he's tweeted me back when he saw my review. He said, thought that was, I completely agree with everything he said about it. So should I change my opinion on that movie automatically because Paul Begala liked it too? Now, if there's a moral principle at stake and someone that I know disagrees with my morals typically suddenly agrees with me here, it's not the worst thing in the world to recheck where I'm at, right? But should I have a knee-jerk, childlike reaction and say, because someone who disagrees with me nine times out of ten agrees with me on this tenth spot, that must mean I'm wrong on this. Who thinks that way? Progressives who think that Muslims are their, or I should say radical Islam is their friend. <laughs> That's wish casting is what you're describing. I don't know. I kind of think Ben and Jerry's is the best ice cream on planet Earth at the moment. Should I not like their ice cream because we disagree on politics? If that's you, cool. If Ben and Jerry's... Dis so, so everything that someone disagrees with me about that I like, that they like too, I, I should just disown. I don't like... So the only people that should like Star Wars are born-again fundamentalist Christians like me. And if, you, if anybody else sees any common themes in there that applies to their value system, it must mean I am betraying mine. How the hell can you live like this? I'll tell you how you can live like this. You'll live like this. You'll create a world where you will email me and tell me Fox News is the only trustworthy cable news outlet. And then you will tell me in the same breath that all the people they fired for sexual impropriety, they wrongfully terminated. What the hell does that? That's every bit as dumb as what Aaron was, was articulating about progressives in Islam. Fox News is the only trustworthy news outlet, yet they wrongfully fired everybody you like. Moron much? Yeah, quite a lot. You freaking supersized it, in fact. Stop it. You're killing yourselves with this stuff. The myopia over factions and tribes and personalities is ripping us apart. And for what? What the hell are we getting out of this? Do you know what we're getting out of this, Erzin? Trouble. We're hating ourselves more. We're loathing ourselves more. We're getting stabbed in the back a lot more because you know who loves this? The political class. The swamp loves it. They want it to be pro wrestling. They love that stuff. They love it that now we have a newfound respect for Jimmy Carter on the right. 
and progressives thinks he's a sellout because he had one contrarian thought. They love it that a week ago, John Kelly was Obama's general going to save, bring adulthood to the White House for Trump. And then when he did last week, uh, he's a Trump shill unworthy of his uh, military resume. The swamp loves that crap. They want the pro wrestling. Because when, when it's all pro wrestling, you know what it, what it never is? Policy. That's what they want. They want the sham, the scam, the factions, the symbols, the tribes. That's what they want. Divide and conquer. Meanwhile, the system just cashes the check, yo. Well, you can go 50,000 other places for that. You want that from here? Well, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it's going to hurt me. So I want to thank Noah for coming on here. Indeed. For, for mixing it up, for telling us what he really thinks, yep. for being a critical thinker, for at least being willing to hear an alternative viewpoint. And thanks to those of you as well who were adult enough to actually listen in. Whether you have, are, have a strong disagreement as Todd, whether you're more where Aaron and I are at, where we're at least seeing that he was at least trying to meet us somewhere. You know what? Guess what we're doing here? Having a conversation about really important stuff. Only good things can come of it. Yep. Only good things. Keep the conversation going. Thanks for tuning in today on the free podcast from CRTV. For Todd, for Aaron, don't forget CRTV.com, promo code DAYS to watch TV today's TV show. Until then, John 317. Steve Dace. I like it, you.